Hey, welcome to Fun Sexy Bible Time. Thank you for being with us today. My guest, this is really weird for me because I, I didn't even tell her this before we went on, but my guest today is Kendra Adachi from the LazyGeniusCollective.com. And it's awkward for me because my wife's name is Kendra, and I don't know that I've ever talked to anyone who has that name as well. I totally forgot your wife's name is Kendra. I saw you tweet something about Kendra said this, and I was like, no, I didn't. Like, I was super confused. <laughs> But then I realized, like, there's another, and can I, I'm ready, let's just do this. Let's is, do it. I'm, guess, I'm guessing your your wife is white? Yes. Okay, because there aren't a lot of white Kendras. Just like the Playmate. I mean, it's crazy. There's, like, like me, your wife, and Kendra the Playmate, and then every other Kendra I've ever met is a black Kendra. So, I, like, it's crazy that your wife's name is Kendra. And my wife hates it that, like... The go-to Kendra is the playmate. Oh, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. And it's not like we're sitting down with the kids to watch, you know, to watch our DVD collection of whatever that show is called. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in the pop culture where everybody just knows that there's a playmate named Kendra. So you do. It's, like, it's, it's really terrible. It's like the legacy of our name is not, no, she cannot, <laughs> she cannot lead that, that charge. That's not okay with me. But I'm glad to know, I'm glad to know that there's another non- playmate kendra in the world <laughs> it's like seemingly normal so that's good it's really good uh, my joke for a long time was that she was a focus on the family pray mate <laughs> i sort, of ran, that's I sort good. of ran that joke into the ground so i had to yeah, retire well i i laughed because i've never heard it so well yeah. done i'll well, take you it can, you can take it now you can whenever somebody says that that's a playmate name you can say well actually i was a focus on the family pray mate <laughs> i think i'll have to <laughs> it's good it's really good Kendra runs uh, the LazyGeniusCollective.com. She also has two podcasts, right? You do Lazy Genius and Lazy Sisters. That's right. So you can yep. find her there. Uh, I'm really looking forward to on your website when you like have that list of like all the, the podcasts you've appeared on. Yeah. Uh, that now it's going to say Fun Sexy Bible Time. I can't wait to add that. I'm <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Okay, we have a lot to do today. Uh, this is probably going to be the most important thing you'll do all week, is listen to this. Hey, by the way, random shout out to Abby Wilson on Twitter. Uh, she said she was she was following me on Twitter and she was having a crappy day, so I told her we would shout out to her on uh, on the podcast. So, Hi, Abby. Have a good day today, Abby. It's our next segment, which will make everyone have a good day, mm-hmm. and that is Kendra is going to rank the Chris's for us. Well, see, and here's the thing. It says I was looking, it was such an exhaustive list. Like, there are a mess of Chris's, and some of them are fantastic, how did we a.k.a. Even, like, go ahead. How do we even get on this? Like, how do we decide that this was a thing? You just asked me, like, what I know, knew about, and okay. I said I know a lot about people named Chris. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> like, there are a lot, a lot of my favorite people are named Chris. So you said, let's rank the Chris's, but um, there were so many, and there were also ones that I don't really care for, or ones that don't really matter too much in in this, like, do we really need to talk about um, Chris Weber? Although he he will come up, because he's on my list. Um, So it's kind of, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. But I have two lists. One is high school slash college Kendra's list of Chris's, favorite Chris's, (laughs) and then current Kendra's favorite Chris's. Um, so I'll start. I'll is this start. is it ranked completely by hotness? No. Okay. No. Um, you, I think you'll like. Well, current. No, let's be real. Current Chris. Current Kendra's list 
is pretty much ranked by hotness, but that's, that's fine. Um, okay, so let's do high school, college, kinder first. Okay. I've got just the top five, because otherwise we'd be here forever. Okay. So we'll start at number five. Um, it's actually Chris Webber, because when I was in, in high school, I really got into, well, Chris Webber played um, for, um, he played basketball in Michigan, and he was the one who made the terrible um, timeout call that cost his team a technical free throw that helps swing the momentum to my team, Carolina's direction that we won the national championship and all these things. Um, but then I kind of like followed him cause I like the NBA. And so I just kind of always like semi liked Chris Webber. So he was always on my radar. Um, so he's number five. Number four is hey, Chris. Can I say something about Chris Webber real quick? Yes. By the way, takes takes a lot of undue grief for that because oh, so the calling a timeout. I, I played basketball in high school and college. The calling a timeout that you don't have that happens all, all the, the time, time. and all the refs the ignore it. Yeah, but he just happened to get caught for it in a like in a bad situation. Exactly, like the worst possible situation that yeah. you could get caught. So yeah, that's and he's um he's a play by play announcer now, and yeah. so I I mean, he did, he does a good job like. It yeah, really does a good job. I really like Chris Weber. So he's he doesn't make my current list, but um, he made my high school college list. So he's <laughs> number five. Number four is Chris Farley. The only reason Chris Farley, um, <clears throat> I, I love Chris Farley because he kind of represented the thing that um, I couldn't engage in as much as I wanted to, which was Saturday Night Live. Like there's no way my parents were going to let me stay up to watch that monstrosity on television. So yes. he was kind of like the, like, everybody knew Chris Farley. Everybody talked about Chris Farley. Everybody did a Chris Farley impression, except me. And so, like, he was kind of the, um, uh, like, the avatar for mm. that world I couldn't really enter. So I always really liked him. Um, so he's number four. Number three, naturally, Chris Rice. When Deep Enough <laughs> to Dream came out, everybody, stop the world. That album shook me to my core. <laughs> Chris Rice was everything when I was in high school and college and kind of now. Um, still, when that fir- like when I hear that first like, like you can't help but smile. The beginning little riff from the start of the album. Like, uh, yeah, I have like I'm I have bad memories of Chris Rice. Though. Oh my word! Well, you should fix those memories and bring them back to the forefront because that album is so good. Okay, this um, is re- real quick. This is why I have yeah. bad memories of Chris Rice, and some of the people listening to this will, will know this story. Uh, when I was going to church, the uh, the girl I had a crush on at church um, brought me a Chris Rice CD and said, "Hey, you want to listen to this?" And I took it home, and my parents were, like, really against me dating, so they wouldn't let me listen to it. <laughs> like, they wouldn't even let you listen to it. Wow. Yeah, they told me not to listen to it. That's amazing, because it was a representation of something that they forbade you to do. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I think that's you just amazing. go, like, straight from Chris Rice to premarital sex. I think that's I how it see, works. I can see how that would kind of, like, change how you see him. I can see that. <laughs> That's a bit traumatic. Yeah, he just represents lost opportunity. But right. I mean, it, her name wasn't Kendra, so it worked out. Sure, sure. All things do for the good of those who love him. <laughs> um, okay, so that was my number three. Number two, Chris Tomlin. Okay. Of course, because it's Chris Tomlin. I had such a crush on Chris Tomlin. Does it change the fact that he's super short? Well, see, I'm sh- I'm not short, but I'm like I'm five three, and I married a Japanese man. He is not short, but he's five seven. He's not like super tall or anything. Mm-hmm. 
So Chris Tomlin was kind of in my height wheelhouse, I think. Okay. Um, but I had to, like, no joke, I was dating um, my husband when I went to this, like, you know, one of those conferences, one of those church conferences, and Chris Tomlin was there, and he led worship for it, but he also did, like, like a couple of breakout sessions, you know, like, teaching how to <laughs> worship and stuff, and of course, I went to his breakout sessions, and I had, talk about Carl, I was so into him, I was like, oh my gosh, I have such a crush on this man, to the point that I came home, and I had to confess to my now husband, like, I have a really big crush on Chris Tomlin, and I'm really sorry about it, like, that was, it was really bad. So, uh, he, does that mean like he's allowed to have a crush on uh, Carrie Job, Carrie Job, whatever her name is? I that is her name. Um, my husband ha- like has a crush on on Bonnie Hunt. He really likes Bonnie, Bonnie. Hunt. Wow, yeah. that's been his crush for a long time. So. I was not expecting that name I know, to come. I out. didn't expect that either when he told me that was who his celebrity crush was. I was like, okay, I can work with that. That's so does fine. that make you feel better or worse? No, I'm still trying to figure that out, Matthew. I don't really know. Wow. Um, but I'm going to ride with it because he's a dear man and I love him with all my heart. So it's cool. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So my, okay. So then my number one, Chris, hands down from high school and college is Chris O'Donnell. Okay. Stop with his big curls when he was in Three Musketeers and he was a French man who didn't have a French accent. Like he sounded <laughs> so bad. Um, okay. So, so those are my five high school Chris's. I will just fly through my current Chris's. Number five. Chris Rice is still on the list. Oh, wow. I, I love Chris Rice. I still listen to Chris Rice music. Well, really, I just listened to his first album because I just, I love it. Um, number yeah, that's, four. That's deep enough to dream. It's deep enough to dream, man. It is. Um, number four is Chris Rock. Okay. Love, love me some Chris Rock. And I think it's because I'm like, every entertainment choice I make now is, I don't want to say it's like, like in exact opposition to what my parents wanted, <laughs> but kind of. So there's that. Like, why? Like, is Mark Lowry not good enough for you anymore? Mark like, Lowry is no, not even close to good enough for me anymore. Wow. He wasn't really good enough for me then, so he's definitely not good enough for me now. I mean, we have Christian comedians. I don't know why you're, you're. I don't know why you're going all the way to Chris Rock. I know, I know, but it's what I do, and it's. I actually go further than Chris Rock, but those guys aren't named Chris, so they don't. Okay. They don't count right now. Um, and then the other three are purely carnal. Um, number three, Messina. Number two, Hensworth. Number one, Pratt. Now, okay, where is Chris Evans on this list? I okay, I've never really gotten into Chris Evans. Um, I don't under he. I don't understand as much the appeal. Now he, I'm he's I'm coming around a little bit because I saw um, like he's decent in Avengers. I mean, you know, it's fine. And then I saw this movie that he's in called Oh Shoot. He's on a train. Like white Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Um, he was great in Snowpiercer and hot in a toboggan. Can I just so, say the ending of Snowpiercer made no sense whatsoever? Zero sense. It like, like totally illogical. You know, spoiler alert if you hadn't seen it, but we disagree with the premise of the train, so we're just going to literally kill the, everyone on it. We're going to kill everyone on the train. Yeah, it made no sense. And then the guy, like the conductor guy, and that the I don't know. The whole thing was so. We like yeah, the ending was so unbelievably weird. But it was worth it to see a bearded, sooty, um, disgruntled Chris Evans wearing a toboggan. Yeah, was he a- was uh he had the alpha male thing going on there. He did. He did. He did a great job with that. He was in a movie that was he was in a movie that I probably shouldn't admit to seeing, uh but he was in a movie called Not Another Teen Movie. 
They came out like oh right, I fifteen never saw years that. ago or something. I and he know. was really funny in that. And uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that while at Christian college, I may have rented that, even though I knew it had boobs in it. Of course. Of course. Well, we all have to rent a boob, boob movie at some point. Christian <laughs> hey, that Christian college struggle was real. Because, <laughs> because you can hear all sorts of things in your head that like, you know, I know I shouldn't rent this movie. Of course, nobody knows what renting a movie is anymore. But, <laughs> you know, I know I shouldn't rent this movie. But then again, what if I never get married? Like, what if this is the closest that I ever come? Right. Is this movie. So well, that, see, that was, and that was what was so great about Blockbuster is because they didn't have the pictures on the box. And so you could just rent the movie and no, no. It's awesome. It was made for Christian college students. <laughs> oh, the struggle. The struggle That's, was real. Yeah, Kendall. for real. Okay. I, I, I'm okay with your list. I would I'd definitely put Chris Evans up there. That's fair. But, uh, That's fair. And Chris Pratt too. I, I I appreciate the Chris Pratt love. Oh, I love Chris Pratt. It's hard to dislike him. Oh, he's so he's so dang charming. It's like turn it down, dude. Like there's nothing to not like about him. Mm-hmm. So I just keep liking him. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we kind of touched on this in just a second ago, but um, when we when we were getting together for this podcast, we realized that we had really similar upbringings. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we would have a breakout session as it were (laughs) and talk about all the different things that we were banned from doing right when we were younger um so i'm gonna throw a couple things out there and tell me if there's any overlap uh with your list because i know you've got a bunch of things um well the first thing obviously was smurfs oh yeah banned from smurfs not even close the uh the potions and the magic and whatnot Uh, i was also banned from watching the simpsons Oh, that's on my list too. Because uh, I think my dad at one point had uh, saw like a little like twenty second clip of The Simpsons, and he was like, "Oh, Bart, Bart's very rude. He's got a so bad attitude. rude, disrespectful." That yes. was the word I always got. He's so disrespectful. <laughs> here's how I know. Um, here's how I know that my my mother and my, and my parents are way cooler now. Like because yeah, my they had my here. sister like 7 years after me she got to read Harry Potter when she was like 8 are you kidding me yeah so it's... you know it's kind of like a big jump from smart to Harry Potter it seemed kind of unfair but my parents are super cool now so i don't want to like you know yay my parents in case my mom listens to this <laughs> my parents are um but no like this is how i know that my my parents are like adore my husband because his favorite show of all time is the simpsons my mom for the first Christmas that he was part of our family, she got him a season of The Simpsons. Oh, wow. And I was like, Amen. He's in the he is in the family. He has been wrapped in the warm arms of the family because she actually bought the Simpsons for him. It's kinda cool, like when your uh when your hard ass parents mellow out right. later on in life. But there's also like a sense of pride, like when, when you were one of the older children, like I think we were there's yeah, like a sense of pride of like you know I took the brunt of it for you guys. Totally, totally. Um, banned from Halloween. That's on mine too. I have trick or treating <laughs> listed, but yes, we couldn't because we could go to the fall festival. Yes, at church, yes, but what it was... wasn't technically Halloween. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was, was it just really... a celebration that happened around Halloween. Uh, let's separate the wheat from the chaff here. <laughs> Did you have to dress in biblical costumes at the at the harvest festival? 
Um, I don't remember what I did when I was like a tiny kid, probably. Uh-huh. I'm sure I was Mary like several times. But um, most of the time, I would just be a farmer so that I could wear my overalls, which I always wore anyway, because I'm not much for dressing up. Like, costumes are not really my jam. And so I was like, how can I get around this and still be acceptable? But I got, I got, here's how I got in trouble. I did get in trouble one year um, when I was in, like, I think I was a freshman in high school, and I decided to dress up like a hobo, still, still overalls, but, like, I don't know. I just changed, like, the accessories a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I got in trouble with some of the people who were in charge of the fall festival because they thought I was being disrespectful to homeless people. You hobo, you got hobo shamed. I did get hobo shamed. Okay, I'm about to throw a stumbling block to you. Try to control yourself. Okay, I'm ready. One year at the Harvest Festival, my mom made homemade costumes for me and my two brothers. <laughs> and we went as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> and she literally painted flames on our on our on our tunics. <laughs> the fact also that you just use the word tunic makes it even better. Because they were totally tunics. Like Yeah. And I have the vis- like I have the visual perfectly. It is crystal clear. And we were like all under the age of twelve or something, and she like made fake beards for us. So good. So we were at the church harvest festival dressed up as obscure Old Testament brothers. I mean, this is such a niche childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I under I understand you, Matthew. I understand. Okay, what did anything on your list that wasn't on my list? Um, anybody who played with Dungeons and Dragons, no. I couldn't be friends with. Because um, again, because the whole like magic thing. Oh yeah, that was like during the um, that was like during the Satanism scare of like right. the late '80s, early '90s, right? Right. And um, this is one that you definitely will not have, I would hope. But um, I was banned from spaghetti straps, shirts <laughs> with spaghetti straps. Oh, I was too. <laughs> banned from looking for at a different them. reason. Um, and then um, these were kind of more like high school. Um, direction but like I could I had to leave um, I, maybe this was a middle no this was a middle school in seventh grade um, I had to leave the classroom and go to the library when we had sex ed I oh, couldn't wow. take sex ed because nice. I went to public school in seventh grade <clears throat> and so um, and they were gonna they didn't teach you know abstinence and so that was not cool with my folks so I went and sat in the library during sex ed <laughs> my- um, <laughs> My parents drew pictures for me. Nice. Like yeah. on, a, on a sketch pad, they drew pictures. And um, yeah, it, on my wedding night, I found out that they were not great artists. They're not great artists. My my mom had a, a book that the sketches were already done. They were done by an artist already and published, <laughs> bound and published. And um and she she showed me like there's a picture okay so you know you know the um that picture where it's like where it shows like what the ape looked like when he became a man you know it's like growing up you know it's like the stages or whatever well it was like that except for like a girl and so she was teaching me about myself and then she turned the page and she said and now this is what happens to boys and I legit screamed I punched the book across the room I was like please don't make me look. At like the progression of a man's body when I'm 12 years old in front of my mother, I couldn't handle it. Maybe that's why she didn't want me to go to sex ed because I just couldn't handle it personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know which one came first, the book or the class. So was it a was it a Christian sex ed book? 
course. And then we had this other, because when we were homeschooled after that, because I was, I kind of went or jumped around with Christian school, homeschooling and public school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so after public school in seventh grade, I was homeschooled for three years after that. So eighth, ninth and 10th grade. And somewhere in there, we had this, um, software that we bought at the homeschool conference, you know, nice. where you walk around and pick out your curriculum. And, um, and we bought this um, software called, I think it was called Adam and Eve. <laughs> and it taught, it taught you about the body, but not just like sexually, like it talks to you about the, like the digestive system and the muscular system, you know, all these things. And so you could click your system. Well, then the software also <laughs> had like the reproductive system, but that one had a parental lock on it. Oh, so it no. Lock that if they wanted to. But my mom, and then like they would have fig leaves over the private parts. I mean, Eve would, nice. would have fig leaves. Like it was the whole, the whole nine. It was great. So but was that's Eve. mostly how I actually, like I, mom was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you be in here by yourself because I know that you're embarrassed. And she unlocked the reproductive system so, so I could learn about it. Did they come out from behind the bush? I don't remember. Okay. I, I think they were just standing there. Because that um, was sort of the bane of my childhood is the fact that like, Adam and Eve like would never stand in front of the bush, but always behind the bush. <laughs> well, they were ashamed of their bodies, Matthew. That's why. <laughs> but like, I was a homeschool Bible nerd. Like, I knew that that was not biblical. That they were right. not ashamed of their bodies until after sin. Oh, right, right. So I was like, you know, this is crap. I wouldn't <laughs> said crap, but uh, this is. <laughs> I was going to say, like that word was totally forbidden. This is not biblical. No, that's bad. Oh, that's good. So we'll stop there. I, I was I was banned from reading Catcher in the Rye in English and from going on spring break um, unless it was a church um, led trip. But those are kind of understandable, I suppose. Nice. Also, also banned from dating. That probably goes without saying. Right. Right. Well, I yeah. I I never. Um, I was always the girl who um, the the guy would like me for maybe five minutes and mm-hmm. then he'd say like, "You're like." You're almost like my mom. Like, this, <laughs> like in high school, I'm not even joking. In high school, I had all of my best friends were dudes, and my nickname was Mom. Mm. They called me Mom. That probably does wonders for the old self-esteem. It really was tough. It was really, really tough. Um, but fortunately, for and I, so I didn't really like. I married the first man I dated, and I'm so glad because he's fantastic. And I followed all of Christian culture rules by, <laughs> you know, like he was my first for everything. Um, and honestly, like I really, I really feel lucky in that, like because you know, like there's no comparison for him either because I was his first too. So like that's a lovely thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's but it's also like, <clears throat> I wonder if I would have dated if my if all the guys that I grew up with had called me some like my, called me by my name. Mm-hmm. I want would have happened yeah, yeah it's kind of it's kind well, of well i mean it would have been awkward because it, that's the name of the playmate but. <laughs> not then she was like four <laughs> all right speaking of playmates and children sure if zombies attacked the devil wards back in the day now we got to set this up if zombies attacked the, the devil wards which christian artist would survive but we got to put a parameter in here. It's just assume that everyone in the Dove Awards is at their peak condition. Mm. Because you've got like different eras of different Christian artists. Sure. So it makes it a little hard. But just, just imagine everybody is like in their peak physical condition. Yeah, I kind of, um, I, because I don't know as much about current CCM culture. 
Um, but I know everything about 90s, like early to mid 90s. Mm-hmm. So I kind of restricted my picks to to that time period, to the 90s. Um, and I think for for me, like I feel like um, I know a lot about about zombie culture because I watch The Walking Dead, <laughs> so I'm an authority. Um, but I think that there are for me there are three things that make you a good zombie apocalypse survivor. Okay. And I think that you need to have some, there's some combination that you need to have at least one of these things um, or some combination in order to survive with, with the zombies and with other people. One is you need to be adaptable, right? Mm-hmm. You need to, because like circumstances change, you might have to join like a new group and all these things. And um, so you need to be able to be resourceful and adaptable. Um, number two, you need to be able to kind of reinvent yourself because you have to maybe fit into different groups to survive. And those groups might have like different codes of conduct. And so you have to be ready to assimilate yourself quickly and easily so that you're not just killed. And then number three is you need to be able to see the good and the bad. You need to have some sort of hope because it's a terribly like not hopeful time. So there needs to be somebody who can like, you know, spur everyone on. Usually those are the people who die. Um, but, but not immediately, you know, they last for enough time to like get people to their next location and then they die. So those are my three qualifications, personal qualifications for who I chose. Do you want to know who I chose now? I'm I'm waiting on pins and needles. Okay. Um, I chose, so I just have four people, um, because I kind of, this is like the, this is the crew. Cause you also need like certain, um, elements of people in your crew Mm -hmm. you need like the alpha male right you need the person who's going to make the hard decisions who isn't always liked but who is charismatic enough to lead things it sounds a lot like you're describing carmen i (laughs) see here's the thing is carmen carmen is not to me is not adaptable and does not reinvent himself carmen has been carmen how dare you he's been carmen he's been carmen i think carmen dies i think carmen like sees it too much as like a music video you know, like Satan bite the dust kind of thing, and he gets too like caught up in the moment, and then he just gets killed. It's I'll explain to you why you're wrong. Uh, okay, you can. When, when you when you finish. My my alpha male is Michael English. Okay, interesting. Because he, I mean, obviously he's <laughs> musically he's been extremely adaptable and reinvented himself. You know, like he's he had like two of those other little bands he was with, and then he was with the Gaither Vocal Band, and then he went solo, and then he like had an affair. And so then he had to like completely reinvent himself and was into pop and country and started to write songs for other people and sing background with other people, all these things. So like he has had to like make it work, man. He's had to make it work. Plus he's really tall. Um, and so I think that helps him kind of lead the charge. Okay. Uh, clarif- clarify this. Because this, I, I'm thinking about having Gary Chapman survive, but it depends. Are they currently high while the zombies right. attack? Because if I get high, if I get Gary Chapman tripping on cocaine, right. like that dude may be the last man standing. Right. Well, see, it, has like, to be, it has to be the right drug. But if I get like sad, mopey Gary Chapman, like yeah, he's, he's going to die. No, he's totally going to die. I mean, I think, no, see, I think that, um, I think that trippy Gary Chapman would work if, um, if it was like an actual zombie attack, like it's actually in the building, the devil wars are happening and there's chaos. I think trippy Gary Chapman could, could, could be scrappy and like make it work. 
but I would not want to tri- take trippy Gary Chapman like into the parking lot to try to like survive no, for no, duration. No, no, no. Like that's not good. But if we're if we're like in the theater, you know, like yes, no, I think that's an excellent choice. I just feel like everybody would be running around screaming and like cocaine Gary Chapman would just be like in a, in a, like the he'd be the calmest man in the room. Totally, he'd just be like, sure. okay, what do we need to do? No, I think I think that's a really good choice. That's a really good choice. Well done. Okay. All right, so who else is in your group? I cut you off there. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, the So you need your alpha male to make all, like, the hard decisions. But then you also need a really strong female um, who can make the hard decisions but is also, like, you know, nurturing and all the things. So, of course, we get at her peak Amy Grant without question. <laughs> without question. I um, Okay. All right. See, because here's the, here's the thing. I, I hear I hear your doubt, and I know that maybe she's like it's like a slow pitch. Amy Grant's like the easy pick, but it's Amy freaking Grant. Like, are you kidding me? She is she is CCM. She oh. is ninety CCM. Everybody trusts Amy. I mean, she married Vince Gill, and she still is like welcome into you know into the arms like. And she would look beautiful, dirty, I bet. Like, once you actually have to leave. I mean, that's a beautiful woman. You get that hair, turn it into dreads. Like, I want her on my team, without question. Okay. First of all, as far as the beauty thing, Amy Grant is a a poor man's Cindy Morgan. (laughs) Second of all, was she the face of 90s CCM? I would say Michael W. Smith. became the face of 90s if you go the whole decade of the 90s i'd say it was michael w smith maybe the whole decade i can i or i mean you can make an argument for scc too for the for the decade yeah you could um and as far as decision making listen like gary chapman was already (laughs) back to gary chapman gary chapman was was doing gary chapman things before they got married and she just went i mean you don't want to blame the victim but like I'm You're saying to, she should have seen it coming. Maybe you know. Maybe don't marry somebody who's addicted to cocaine. Like, you know. But did I'm you not, see his mullet in 1986? Yeah, it was pretty strong. It was pretty strong. Okay. Okay. Well, I have two other people on my team. Okay. Do you want to give another person on your team before I? Uh, Carmen, finish? obviously, he's got the dance skills. He trained himself. <laughs> That's what you need. In, he trained himself in multiple combat. <laughs> techniques to film his uh dvd movies uh, he was a, a boxer and then he was a cop who was a street fighter i would not put it past carmen to be on steroids right like that would not shock me in the least to find yeah. out that carmen got roided up for his movies it is a lot of transferable skills that you just listed i'll give you that okay all right Who's, who's next for you next is um you need the straight you need somebody who's gonna like keep it real Mm-hmm. You know, in the group. Um, but again, remembering people who reinvent themselves and who are very adaptable, Kirk Franklin. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with Kirk. I, th- I really thought you were going to say Toby Mac. And I was like, <laughs> no, that dude is going to yeah. get eaten so no. fast yeah, he because He's he like- will be trying to misappropriate zombie culture and like. <laughs> convince everyone that he's actually a zombie and was a zombie all along (laughs) yeah no he doesn't he does not no one in dc talk makes it um but no but kirk franklin sure does okay i'll say uh ashley cleveland do you remember ashley cleveland do you remember ashley cleveland that is a very interesting okay do you remember 
I think it was the 1995 Dove Awards. I'm pretty sure. They did a tribute to Andre Crouch. Mm-hmm. And Michael W. Smith was playing on the piano. And then B.B. Winans, hold please, moment of silence for the amazingness <laughs> that is B.B. Winans. Um, B.B. Winans and Clay Cross did like a little duet of an Andre, Andre Crouch song. And then they were like, and, and now to sing the next one comes Point of Grace and Ashley Cleveland. And it was the weirdest combination because Point of Grace is like shiny and harmon- you know, like harmonic and they're doing all these things and they're like singing Jesus is the answer for the world today. And then Ashley Cleveland and her like beautiful, gravelly, like rock ladiness. You mm-hmm. could tell she's like, why am I with these chicks? And then she's like, <laughs> like she's growling into the microphone. It was, it was so, it was such a beautiful train wreck. It was awesome. Nice. So, no, that's a great pick. Ashley Cleveland's a great pick. Uh, I'm just going to throw Rich Mullins in there real quick, too. Okay, you have to, you have to convince me of this one. I think that dude's a survivor. Like, I think that dude, like, he lived in, like, a teepee for a long time. Right. I I don't think that dude is going to be, like, I don't think that dude's going to be scared. Like right. He's just going to say, like, okay, and he's going to disappear into the woods, and, and he'll be the last one to survive. Right. So he, maybe that's what it is. It's, I was trying to envision him in, like, group dynamics, and I couldn't do, do it. <laughs> no. I couldn't see it. No, but I don't you're think right. that would work. Like, if he's living solo, I think you're right. I think that he could, I think he could survive. I think he'd just that's disappear and, like, show up years later in, in the Indian reservation like, <laughs> with a full beard, and he'd just be fine. Oh, man. Um, okay, so my final person. So we've got we've got Michael English like leading the charge and making the tough decisions, and people like kind of don't know how they feel about him. They're like, "Do I hate this guy? Do I like this guy? I don't really know." And then Amy Grant's like making up soup from like mushrooms that they scavenged and singing them lullabies. Um, and then Kurt Franklin's keeping it real. But then we need like we need kind of like the youth, the youthful hope, right? The one who's like on the on the verge, like that kind of makes everybody think a little bit differently mm-hmm. because she's like new to the game. That's Lee Nash from Sixpence None oh, the Richer. Wow. You pulled that one. Yeah, you, I did. I did. Deep. I did. That first album, not the, their first album, but when they came out with the album, A Beautiful Mess, mm-hmm. did you ever listen to that one? Yes, yes I did. Okay. So, so that one, um, I had, I listened to, I could only listen to it if my door was open. <laughs> what? Because it was so um there were so many like electric guitars and it was kind of so rock rockish kind of altern it was alternative. Mm-hmm. And my mom didn't listen to the full thing like she did when I wanted to buy DC Talks Free at Last. No. Like she listened to the whole tape <laughs> yes. inside the Christian bookstore to make sure it was cool. Mm-hmm. And she really liked how they felt about relationships like that um love is a verb. She really mm-hmm. liked love is a- the message behind love is a verb. But she did not listen to the whole, this beautiful, she didn't listen to that. She just trusted my judgment. Um, but when she heard how alternative it was, she was like, not sure how okay she was with it. And so I had to listen to it when my door was open. <laughs> I was like having a boy over. You're the sister that I never knew I had. <laughs> but that's why I had like, like Lena, you know, she was like, she's going to usher in the new generation of zombie apocalypse survivors. Mm. Well, I, uh, I can't get completely on board with that because uh, she used to be married to the drummer of my favorite band, PFR. Right. And that uh, that didn't end well. So, when, you yeah. know, when they split, I had to stay with the PFR guy. So I couldn't. 
You had to pick sides. I had to pick sides. No, that's fair. That's fair. Praying for rain all day. I'll go with it. That's cool. All right. I know you got to go. Tell the people uh, where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, Hi, it's Kendra. Hi, it's Kendra. So it looks like, it's Kendra. I'm not trying to Johnny Carson myself. (laughs) I didn't think that through when I picked my Twitter handle a long time ago. Um, That it's hi, it's Kendra. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, I appreciate you coming on and taking taking on all these important topics with me, even though I have been blocked by Joel Osteen. I, I know you probably <laughs> wanted to pull out when you heard about that. I, I wanted to come on even more when I heard about that. I Seriously, I, I read that at, um, in the middle of the night because I have a two-month-old baby. And so mm-hmm. I was eating her in the middle of the night, and I was scrolling Twitter, as you do. And I saw the Joel Osteen blocked you, and I legit fist pumped the air in the darkness of my bedroom, nursing my baby. I was like, "Yes, Joel Osteen, man, you." Real quick, like the ironic thing about that was like the tweet that it got me blocked. Um, of course I was being silly when I tweeted it to him, but like that was actually like a theological. <laughs> that was like an actual theological thing that like scholars have debated. Right. Of, you know, is Song of Solomon an allegory for God and his people or God in the church? Or is it just like a, you know, take it at face value? It's, it's an expression food. of sexuality. Yeah. So. Well, I wonder if they have some sort of like Google alert on <laughs> Twitters. And if it just has like words like boobs that you just automatically, it's like, nope, I'm not having this guy. Kick him know. out. I think they, I don't know what they did, but like I got locked out of my account after he blocked me. Whoa! Yes, yeah, so I don't know if like I, I got reported for abuse or what, but I had to go in and like jump through all these hoops of changing my password again. And it, they like Twitter gave me this thing of like we've reported like problems with your account, blah 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 blah. And I was like, wow, man, he's got some power. I have run afoul of the Osteen. <laughs> don't mess with Joel Osteen. What if it was Victoria Osteen and like she is in charge of his phone and just scrolls his phone and saw that and was like, no. No. I can actually believe that she's in charge of his phone. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. <laughs> I think I'm actually just going to run with that. It's truth. I'm pretty sure that's truth. All right. I know we're going to turn you loose. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. This was great fun. And I look forward to seeing Fun Sexy Bible Time as the podcast that you've recently been on. I'm going to put it at the bottom of the list <laughs> just in case some people might miss it. Um, maybe don't get that far down. No, I'm kidding. No, this is so fun. Thanks for asking me to be on. It was a breakout session. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Take care. I have a really big crush on Chris Tomlin, and I'm really sorry about it. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to Johnny Carson myself. I have run afoul of the Osteen. <laughs>